subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Chuck, it's National Beer Lovers Day. You've got your choice of a golf beer, an airport beer, or a beach beer. Which one are you going with? Well, I would probably go with a golf beer, I guess. About I you. like a beer playing golf. Where are we headed in the airport? <laughs> that would be my question. A work a workouting, I guess? Nope. Not nope. That, no, I'll go You're with out, the golf beer. The golf beer as yep. well. Yeah, I would probably... Give me the one on the 19th hole, then. I would probably go on the... the we were going thing. somewhere exotic, the airport. There's nothing better than that beer when you're getting on your final connection or that direct flight to your to your week's vacation, and you're paying, you know, 14 15 Stadium prices for a beer at the airport at yeah. 8.30 in the morning. It's awesome. We got ripped in one of our recent rounds for stopping in the clubhouse and just getting some beer and hot dogs. Apparently, you're not allowed to do that. You have to play your round. Then you can stop in the clubhouse. I didn't know that was hold a rule. up play. I mean, it was, it was, well, you must have been in a slow group. Yeah. I I guess that was How it. long did See, y'all take? If you're take? in a fast group, nobody's No one says anything. Yeah. But if you're in a slow group, it's like, oh, God, now they're getting hot dogs. Yeah. Three we're going to be here six who, hours. Who got after it? Who got on you? The, the guy at the front desk. So stop and think about this, Ty. Do you think they want to do less business? Hey, we don't want you to come in here and buy beer and hot dogs. There was like no one there that day. Yeah. That's what didn't make any sense mm. to me. Well, there was plenty of people. Clearly, you were holding up play somehow. I guess. There was, uh, there was plenty of people there last night, Chuck, to hear from you, Coach, Jaden Wilson, and JJ, Jaden Johnson. I'll tell you what, man. I, w- I would have gotten confused. You didn't really really mess that up last night. It's hard when you got two guys named Jaden that you're trying to talk to. Well, we just went with JJ on Jaden Johnson. Yeah, I so heard that. That, uh, that made it a little simpler. I still got confused once, but um, for the most part, it went okay. I yeah. did get a kick out of, hey, Jaden's, which one of you is faster? And this was uh-huh. kind of the response. <laughs> for those listening on the radio, that was Jaden Wilson, whose hand went up first. I was listening to that live, and I just, like, I hear the roar of the crowd and laughing. But, hey, at least one of them admitted, at least, uh, least Jaden Wilson was like, yeah, I'm fast. And he's one of the fastest guys on the team, so that makes sense. Yeah, Jaden Johnson didn't raise his hand either. So it was so he knew. Wilson he raising knew. his hand. So he knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't even claim I'm faster. Well, yeah. the big story that not just came out of last night that U.S. coached about, but yesterday was the, the status of Rocket Sanders. It, it does not look like he's going to play this weekend against Kent State. Yeah, he's out. I mean, Sam said last night he's out. He isn't going to play. So it uh, doesn't sound like he's going to play this week and um, might not play next week based on what he said last night. So um, I think they probably had a pretty good idea uh, during the day yesterday that it wasn't going to happen. And then, you know, that was confirmed later in the day. I think there was a meeting with some physicians, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, at that point it was determined he wasn't going to play. And I, and I thought that was the interesting thing he said up earlier in the day in the uh, the meeting with the local medias. They wanted to get him looked at by some other folks and uh, – you know, so clearly they had sent him out beyond just their in-house medical staff, it sounded like, from, from listening to his comments. Well, I think some of that, you know, maybe we're reading too much into that part. I, th- I think um, all this is probably, they're all probably part of the same group, I think would be maybe the accurate way to say it. They may not be there every day, but they're part of the same group. Well, Coach has been high all offseason on the depth he's had there, and we've already had some textures this morning on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. Drew thinks that A.J. Green's really going to step up. Nate thinks that Rashad DeBinion is going to step up. In reality, all these guys need to step up in his absence this weekend. Yeah, and that's one of the things coming out of the first ball game, and we kind of went over some of the numbers when I was on Monday. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons I, I was not terribly discouraged by some of the things that did or did not happen in the running game. You know, everybody averaged five yards a pop. 
you know, with the exception of Rocket and KJ, everybody averaged five yards a pop. So I think they're going to be fine there. I think we may see Augusta a little bit more. And we saw him a good bit Saturday. So I think all of them are going to play. I think all four are going to play. And I think when you've got guys like that, you've got the luxury of going with a hot hand. Now, you also have the luxury of you're not playing a conference game this week. But, um, you know, there are a lot of interchangeable parts right now. The fact that one guy says it's going to be AJ, and the next guy says it's going to be Dubinian, and somebody's probably you know going to remember that you know there's a time when Dominique was number one in all that group. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they'll be okay there. Yeah, and I, I heard you talking about this with Phil and Matt earlier this week. I mean, Isaiah Gustav initially wasn't the most highly decorated recruited player. Arkansas gets his commitment, then he blows up. Matt loves him, and I mean, I was. Is a true freshman. That kid doesn't look like a true freshman based on the way that we watched him last week. Yeah, now I don't know about his recruitment. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't know if he was looked over by other people. I, I'm Matt Phil might have talked about that. I'm. I'm. I'm not really sure on that. I know they felt like from the get go they've gotten a good player, and um, so he's come from a long way away. I mean, he's from Naples, Florida, and that's way down in Florida. So um, he's a good player. And I think they're excited to have him. And from what I saw this past Saturday, um, he's got a chance to be a player, got a chance to play. Yeah. So you lose Rocket for this week, but you also get back one of your best players in, uh, on the offensive line in Latham. That, that's a bigger deal than I think probably has been discussed. You saw him, you know, without what the line looked like without him. I think, I think you're going to notice a difference this week with him. I would imagine so. Look, I, I think a lot of this stuff's overblown on the running game because they threw the ball so much in the first quarter. I mean, it's 12 for 12 for 165 and three TDs in the first quarter. There's not any other time to run the ball. You're too busy throwing for touchdowns. So I don't, you know, I would imagine, if you want to get right down to it, They'll work on the running game, for lack of a better way to put it, this this Saturday. But, yeah, I think they'll be better with Latham in there. I, I, I think, you know, when you put a guy like that on the field, you're better. And when you take him away, you're not as good. Yeah, the coach was talking about he, he thinks he can get better. But to your point, it's like they score, they score. I was frustrated really in the run game simply because we didn't have really any explosive runs. I think we had a couple. But I just felt like we could have been more efficient running the ball. I don't care if we run it at all if we score as often and as fast as we were throwing the football. Well, and you know, you look back to their game with UCF this past Saturday. UCF ran the ball for what, about 400 yards? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Well, I don't know what UCF's passing game's like. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not familiar with their football team. But I know that they committed to running the ball early. And Kent State couldn't stop them, and they kept running it. Arkansas, on the other hand, committed in the first quarter to throwing the football. You know, Sam Pittman said many times, we, want to, we wanted to find out if all these guys were going to catch it in the games, too. First nine passes go to seven different guys. So Arkansas made a commitment to the passing game, and it worked. And so they kept doing it. And every game's different in that regard. UCF made one commitment. Arkansas made another. Now, we'll see in this game, does Arkansas commit to running the ball early? If they do, my guess is they'll have success, and they'll keep doing it. Yeah, I was just looking first first half numbers. Rocket Sanders twenty six yards. AJ had four, and DeBinion had fifteen in the first half. It says in this uh, halftime box, it was twenty rushes for thirty five yards. So, uh, and the first half passing was fourteen to sixteen. But you're right. They, what was the total offense? What was the total offense? Uh, total offense first half was uh, two fifty three. Yeah, I mean that's an over five hundred yard total offense pace right there, and you've run the ball thirty, you know, for thirty five yards. So even though you might not have the explosive runs, you're still moving the football and scoring at will. You got thirty five points on the board at halftime. You put thirty five on the board at halftime, you're gonna win that game. And so um I, that's this is one of these things that people nitpick at and because well i really don't know why i mean when you're up 35 to 3 at halftime i don't know why you nitpick yeah. but i know people do but if it in, in a in a different type game or with a quarterback that can't throw and receivers that can't catch 
then you run the ball a little bit more at the start. But the way they were doing it Saturday, that's uh, that's what you do. Yeah, Rocket had fifteen. AJ four and uh, Dominion fifteen. They I didn't take out the. But look at the averages at the end of the game. Yeah, look thought. at the averages at the end of the game. Yeah. Five yards, five yeah, yards, it's four straight seven. fives well, for Rocket and KJ. It's straight fives. And you don't win the battle at the line of scrimmage in the first quarter. I mean, you you, you wear on guys. You 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 know the the day has to take its toll in order to win that war. Well, let's not confuse controlling the line of scrimmage with the running game exclusively. Hmm. This team pass protected exceptionally well. Nobody was – K.J. wasn't under duress. When he was throwing those touchdown passes, he wasn't under duress. We equate controlling the line of scrimmage with breaking someone's will in the running game because that's how we were raised on football. But if you are protecting your passer and he's completing his first 12 passes, you're controlling the line of scrimmage. And you're doing it right off the bat. You're just doing it in a phase of the game that we don't always equate the word control with. Eric texted in on the McClarty-Daniel hotline. Because of Kent State having all these freshmen, he expects to see something similar in terms of an offensive performance that Arkansas has on Saturday. I expect, again, them to probably be able to run the ball more. But, I mean, if you're Kent State... And we heard, I heard Coach Kerwin Bell say this after the game. Heard Coach Pittman mention it. Their goal was to stop the run, and they weren't really focused on KJ. So if they don't have 250 plus rushing yards, but they still score 50 some odd points, doesn't really matter because they, again, the end goal, the end result is the the point. Well, you have to look at the matchup too. You have to look at the the physical. Just look at the physical stature of some of these teams that are going, in this case, Kent State against Arkansas, but in other cases, smaller schools against bigger schools. Mm -hmm. They can't match up mano a mano. They can't. If they're going to stop the run, they've got to load the box. They got to bring more people down because they're not big enough to, uh, they're not big enough to compete. If it's a one-on-one situation, even sometimes in a double-team situation, they can't compete. And so they got to bring guys down. And when they do that, you throw over them. That's what good teams do. We've grown accustomed, and I'm just going to be honest here. We've grown accustomed at time with some of our teams and watching other teams, too, that when they creep guys down to stop the run, we can't do anything about it. Because we don't throw the ball well enough. And I'm not talking about Arkansas. I'm saying the collective we, you know, an offense out there that can't throw the ball. When guys come down and you can't do anything about it, that's when you're stuck. If guys creep down against Arkansas, they're going to pay a supreme price over and over and over again. And what do we know about Kent State? They got a a new head coach that's a brand new head coach in Kenny Burns. you know what's your reconnaissance uh, showed you as you've, if you looked into them as you've looked into them more this week? Well, they're going to run the RPO. They're a, they're they're pretty much an RPO offense. Look, they don't have any starters back. Uh, Kenny Burns was an assistant uh, for PJ Fleck, and uh, the head coach at Kent State left and became Dion's offensive coordinator. Um, a bunch of guys went with him. A bunch of guys left when he went to Colorado. In fact, if you look at their roster, they don't have a starter back on offense. And, you know, they're struggling. Let's just be frank. I mean, they're struggling. And it's a long rebuild process. I will say this. um, You know, the Mac's always been a good league. I remember Toledo. And there have been other upsets pulled off by Mac schools. Um, Coach was a part know, of one, right, Chuck? With yeah, he was, uh, he was at Northern Illinois when they beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. By the way, Nick Saban's a Kent State alum. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they've got, a, they've got a pretty rich football heritage, and that's a good football conference. It's just right now Kent State's not very good, uh, and uh, they're having to rebuild. A lot of Ohio schools, which uh, I know. A lot of football it. players in that state. Yep, no, That's a big state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's a tough spot to be in, and it, you know, I don't say it's it, it doesn't remind you completely of where Arkansas was not that many years ago, but uh, you can kind of feel for the situation they're in with the troubles we were in four or five years ago. Well, you want balance, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like last year where you, you know, have an almost identical number of rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. That's easy to see that, you know, they can run and throw and score. But balance means being able to do whatever you want to do. Um, If they creep down, you throw over. If they don't, 
you run the ball right at them. And that's what good offenses do. Your defenses pick your poison. And that's kind of what our, that's what uh, Western Carolina did last Saturday. They picked their poison. Uh, they decided that, and, and rightly so. I mean, when you look at the physical matchups, they had no chance uh, if they didn't creep guys down. And they paid a price for it. And um, Kent State may try to do the same thing, but I don't think they'll do it quite to the extent that Western Carolina did. Let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline where Hong Kong Suey's phoned in. He's got some thoughts on the run game this morning. Welcome in, Hong Kong Suey. Hey, morning, guys. Hey, I just want to say, you know, Chuck was saying that, uh, you know, he didn't he didn't understand why some people were, you know, nitpicking. And I'm not one of those people at all. I think the run game's going to be fine. But I can answer his question. The answer is because they're Hog fans and they're convinced that any little thing that's not going perfect is going to fall apart. <laughs> because no matter what we did last year, because we didn't do it in this one game, first game of the season against what they see as a patsy, they're now scared to death that we can't run the ball. Uh, makes no sense. It's a Sam Pittman team. The offensive line's going to be fine with him and Kennedy and the talent we have there. We clearly have got a studly stable of backs. But, you know, too many Hawk fans have just become very negative over the last uh, 30, 45, 30 years since joining the SEC. Uh, we just don't believe that we really belong here. And so every year we start picking apart every little thing. Uh you know, it's clear this year that we're set up to have a really good season, but most Hawk fans are still picking us to have six or seven wins because they're afraid to pick more than that instead of just enjoying the season. So what do you, you think they're going to do? Together. What do you think they're oh, going to do? Oh, man, I think, I think we have a chance, a legitimate chance for the first time in a long every game on the schedule. Now, I didn't say we're going 12-0 because it's still the SEC. I think we're going to have a really good year as long as K.J. doesn't get hurt. Or as long as we don't have a ridiculous run of injuries like we had in the secondary last. Uh, you know, I, I'm i not worried about having new coordinators. We already know who Dan Enos is, and I think Travis Williams is exactly the shot in the arm we need on the defense. I think we'll see that more and more as the season goes on. This is going to be a really good year. I think I think nine wins is kind of a uh, is where I play. It would set my pick if I had to bet on it, but I'm going to be going into every game planning to win. Well, I think when you have number one as your starting quarterback, you at least feel like there's some chance that you can get it done. Now, again, going into Baton Rouge and Tuscaloosa is going to be tough. I still think you're going to find a way to win those football games. But there are a good amount of elements that you brought up that would lead you to believe that this team's going to be better at least than they were last year. Well, there's a lot of season to play out. I mean, there's a long way to go. And I got to tell you right now, I know Arkansas beat Cincinnati last year in the opener, but I don't remember a whole lot of the details. And I'll bet y'all don't either. And I'll bet most people don't just right off the top of their head because there's a lot of things that have happened since then. And there's going to be a lot of things that are going to happen over the course of this year. But he said something there that I think is important. Um, This is all about hope. I mean, being a college sports fan is all about hope. And I think Arkansas fans have hope. Um, KJ reminds me of when Matt was the quarterback, Matt Jones. Um, you always felt like you had a chance to win. You didn't, I mean, you weren't dumb enough to think we're going to win every game, but you always felt like you had a chance to win. And I look at Arkansas' schedule this year, and I know there are a lot of great teams on it. There may be a national champion on it, who knows? But. There's not a single opponent out there that I look at and say, Arkansas can't play with those guys. There's not a single team out there like that. We've not always been able to say that, and I think that is what gives people hope. Look, they're always going to be pessimists. But let's say, let's play the what-if game a minute. What if Arkansas had committed the football to, had, had committed to running the football in the first quarter this past Saturday? What if they had done that. And these guys were stacking the box. And Tommy, kind of like what you said a minute ago, takes a little while to crack crack all that. You don't break their will on the first drive if you've committed to the running game. We'd have been to the first we'd have been to the end of the first quarter, it'd have been ten to three. <laughs> and everybody would have been going, Oh, what the hell's going on here? This is just like Missouri State last year. We can't put anybody away. So you go out and you put them away, and everybody's wondering why you didn't systematically run the ball. Go out there and score. Blow them off the field. Hang half a hundred on them. If you got to do it throwing the ball, then go do it. It's 21-0 before the end of the first quarter. But it wouldn't have been that way if all you'd done was run the ball. Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone has that pessimistic friend. I have the. I mean, you guys probably have them, Chuck. You you probably got a bunch of them. They they're on both ends of the spectrum. That you're saying I run with a negative crowd. No, I'm saying <laughs> both ends of the spectrum. That you have one guy that thinks that Arkansas is going to win 11, 10, 11 games every year, and you got the other guy that's asking like, why are you still doing this? We're not going to get to a bowl this season. So it's always again somewhere in between. And a lot of times again, Arkansas falls in somewhere in between. But it's not. I mean, you hear the optimism from Hong Kong Sui. I mean, I hear pessimistic fans that are my age that are just Debbie Downers every I, year. I just thought Dan Enos did a really good job of taking what the defense gave him. I mean, he looked at he looked at the safeties walking down. He looked at eight in the box or around the box early, and he said, you know what, we'll throw it against man coverage. It's not a hard deal. Well, you know, I've said this before, and I know it sounds mean, but I do think a lot of people who say these things are just trying to make themselves sound like smarter fans. I mean, they really are. Anyone who's got a complaint when you're up 35-3 to at halftime throwing the football that you should have run it more, I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. It's stubborn. I mean, you know, it's just a, it's a, to me, it, it it would be stubborn to go out there and bang your head against an eight man front. That would just be a, be stubborn play calling and a stubborn what, approach. What I was, well, now let me say one thing though: developing a running game is not unimportant. I don't want to make it sound like it's not, and I don't want to make it sound like that you're going to be able to go out there and complete your first 12 passes or throw your first nine to seven different guys every Saturday. You are not. And the idea that you can win in the SEC without a legitimate running game is folly. It's not going to happen. I'm not dismissing the importance of the running game. I'm saying in that game, people that are saying that Arkansas has struggled in the running game, I don't really think understand how it all works. Well, I think they had expectations of 200 and something yards, and they got 105, and it, didn't, can't, it didn't meet the expectation. You only get so many snaps. Yeah. You only get so many snaps. You know, you're not going to throw for three touchdowns in the first quarter and have two 80-yard runs. There's just not enough snaps. Well, let me ask you this, because you've seen a few games. You get 12 drives in a game and you score touchdowns seven times. How many how many games are you going to win this year, Chuck, if well, you score seven touchdowns on 12 drives? I know we're going to wear shorts on New Year's Day. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to be, right. but I know it's going to be warm. I, mean, I think they still determine the winner with points. I However you get it there. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're – uh, when you win the first game 56 to 13 and there's not that much to break down, you got to find something. And there may not be as much to break down after this ball game either. There'll be more when they play Bay, uh, BYU and I mean we'll uh, we'll be up to our necks in it after the LSU game, but there's just not a whole lot to break down after a game like that. So I know people are trying to find something. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community. 
in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Got a chance to meet this guy this past Saturday as we welcome in JW from London. JW, welcome in here on a Too Stupid Thursday. Hey, good morning. Well, that's the perfect day for me to uh, get in on because Too Stupid pretty much describes me. Uh, you were talking about the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, I lived in Golden, Colorado before I finally moved home to Arkansas. And, you know, the Broncos and the Rockies, you couldn't get a ticket for almost any game. You had to almost know somebody to get a ticket because they were Colorado and, and uh, to a large extent, a lot of the Rockies teams in those days. But the uh, Colorado Buffaloes, Nobody really cares. But it is so nice to see that team emerging now and someone there who is investing in that program. And I see that as a big matchup. A lot of people, I think a lot of people think Nebraska is going to come in and roll on those people. I don't see it that way. And as far, you're talking pro teams, I don't know about you all, but if you're a real football fan, Starting in September, every weekend is like Christmas. I mean, every weekend there's good things happening. And anyhow, I got to be a Denver KC and a Dallas 49er. I kind of go back a ways on, on my rivalry. Montana Aikman. And I, yeah, those are. Those are. How you, are you are a pretty, pretty cool guy. It was nice meeting you. And, and I'll tell you my first thought when I saw you. I got to tell you this, and you seem real knowledgeable about sport, and seem like a genuinely good person. But I, my first thought was, I thought he'd be shorter. I thought he'd be shorter. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, y'all take care. I love listening to you. I, I, I don't know what to, I don't know what to say to that, guys. Well, you're 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 a towering five eleven. Yeah, Would that right, be right? right. A towering five ten. He called it, man. He thought you were going to be five four. Yeah, I guess he. It, I might identify as having short man syndrome sometimes. while I, uh, I go off on the show. <laughs> Got Napoleon syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know he he brought something up there that I think is interesting, and um, it's hard for a program like Colorado to get any kind of attention in a pro sports state. I mean, the Broncos dominate the conversation in that state in much the same way the Cowboys dominate the NFL conversation, obviously, in that part of Texas and in much of Texas, too. But it's tough carving out a niche in a pro sports environment. And um, you really do have to sometimes be larger than life to pull it off. Yeah, and, and they've, what, had a Stanley Cup? And then oh, a, yeah. a really good yeah, NBA you're right. team. They I mean, love hockey it's not there. just football there. I mean, the, the, the Rockies no, are right. probably fourth out of four in the pros right now. Yep. There, they've had really good pro sports in the Denver market. Yeah, got debatably the best NBA player at this yeah. point, and yeah. so it's. So, uh, I mean, you may be fourth or fifth fiddle in that state. So it's 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 really hard. You know, it's 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 tough to build that brand amongst all those pro. You know, all those pro teams, and um, you know, it won't last forever. And it's hard for these schools. Think about SMU and TCU. They're in the Metroplex. I mean, they're on like page 7B of the Dallas <laughs> Morning News sports page. I mean, they're way back there. So um, give them credit for that. Let's talk to Tom Murphy here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, I know you got, a, again, a full slate of things you got to do on Saturday, but is your computer screen going to have the Colorado game on while you're at the Arkansas game? Just keep one eye on it. I believe it will. Uh, of course, I'll have to leave for the game at uh, probably twelve thirty or whatever. So I'll watch the first quarter. I'm intrigued by it. You know, look, I'm a Dion fan, and, and if y'all remember during the coaching search, 
that led to Sam Pittman, there was a stop um, uh, in Ter- Terrell, Texas, or somewhere, and that we heard at the time that was for Dion. Like what? He wasn't really in the game yet, but it turns out now that that Dion had a program building plan, uh, and the the accrual of talent was a big part of that. And he's done it. I looked him up today, actually, after seeing the Steve Spurrier stuff yesterday, which was really neat. And Miles Flusher and Jordan Dominic had six and four tackles, respectively, for that defense. And I'm I'm going to keep an eye on this program. Yeah. So on that subject, Tom, how many more coaches are going to use the Dion model starting next year? Where it's not just twenty transfers you're bringing in, but it's it's upwards of fifty plus. Will, will we see that more widespread starting next season? Well, I don't think coaches will shy away from it, um, but it takes a special when you when you overhaul that much of your roster. I mean, you saw what he said in some of those opening deals about some of y'all ain't going to make it. I'm bringing my own people in. That was eye opening, and they're winning. Um, and I don't know if I'm cheering for or against Colorado. I just I'm just I, 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 it's interesting to me, yeah. uh, but I don't think it's going to I don't think it's going to uh, cause any coaches to not go hard on the transfer portal. It's just, what does that do for your locker room? I mean, you got to have some strong leadership. Um, I have no idea what Colorado's depth looked like, but they had 18 guys make tackles, so that's not a lot of depth on defense. You know, although it was a tight game all the way through, et cetera. But uh, with Shadour Sanders at quarterback, they they have a system in place, and um, they have garnered a lot of attention from the sporting public and uh, – Bob and I, for the Colorado State game in 18, we went over to Boulder and we're just walking around. It just so happened a guy was riding on a little uh, uh, golf cart thing and we asked him if we could go in. The guy let us in the stadium and we got to look around. It was a Folsom Field was a pretty cool deal. So uh, uh, what a setting out there in Boulder. And, and you're right, they don't get the acclaim or you know the, the coverage, but he, he is um, making that happen. Yeah. Tom, we got the news yesterday uh, direct from Sam Pittman that Rocket Sanders will be out for this Saturday. He said a couple of three games. Uh, what's the impact on this week's game with Rocket not going to be in the lineup? And what, what do you think the ultimate impact is on the first month of the season? Well, it just depends on how long it lingers. And good good job by Chuck there. Um, in two other settings yesterday, Sam Pittman was like, yeah, you know, um, he's got something going on. We want to keep getting it looked at. It didn't sound like he'd be available for this week because of uh, not practicing so far. But the best thing for him to do, because you have a deep running back core, you do not have to rush Rocket Sanders back. Um, and um, so hopefully it's just like uh, um, a, a bruise or something. We don't know exactly what it is, but the, the thing is, between A.J. Green and, and, and it's a good thing that Rashad Dubinian appears to be healthy and is ready to go, because uh, let's just say Dubinian's back thing had, had been worse than with those two out. Then you, you're running with A.J. Green, Dominic Johnson, and then you got the freshman third. Uh, but they, they need the, the whole core to be healthy when SEC play roll, rolls around. But I think it's I think it's okay, and Rocket needs to uh, just get himself fully healthy for the for the big run coming up. How do you think this adjusts the the game plan for this week and moving forward for the next week or two with Dan Enos? Does it change the balance or maybe the sequence of plays, or is it just next man up and business as usual? Um, I really think next man up. I mean, when you think about it, uh, the first two plays were a pass to Luke Has, and then the touchdown to Wilson. And when they came back on the field, I said 100% guarantee Rockets touching this ball. And it's almost as if Western Carolina knew on first down, and I think it was a zero-yard gain. So, I mean, they've, they've got to get more push on the line off, obviously. But uh, I guess the question will be who will start between maybe DeBinion or, or Green. And, and look, you know, can Dominic Johnson get back in the mix and get a lot more carries? Because it's been a while. You know, it's been since late in the 2021 season that he was a real factor, and he had such a great run. He was he was a real integral part to that the really good 2021 team. And it makes you wonder if, you know, this was has been a lingering injury and he played less than 100% last week on that knee. Uh, you know, the, the way he performed, you know, maybe there was an issue going into the, to week one that caused some pause for this week. You know, Rocket, to me, is an extraordinary individual, and I think he's a really tough guy, and he's a kid who, who gives everything. 
And I wonder, I do wonder if there was something going on and he kind of knew in the back of his mind, this doesn't feel quite right, but he didn't want to say anything because Sam Pittman kind of made it clear that it wasn't until Sunday morning that, that Rocket mentioned that there was swelling. So I hate it for the kid. I, I saw him on the bike two days ago, or I can't remember, I think it was Tuesday, and just said, hey, man, I hope you start feeling better. And Rocket's like, I really appreciate that. He's a good kid and uh, want the best for him. Tom Murphy with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Tom, one of the other things Coach mentioned yesterday is the fact for, I think, only the third time in his tenure, they actually got to play a wide variety of people, not just the second team, but the third team as well. How much of an impact do you think that could have later on in the season, especially they get to do it again this Saturday for maybe some guys that will play due to injury? Yeah, it's a really big deal that they were able to get younger guys. You could tell Sam Pittman's like, and Chuck was talking to him about it. When when do they make that call? And uh, I was a little surprised to hear that it was Saturday morning, but uh, that's when it was. And like, okay, if we go to full bench clearing mode, you know, I'm going to give the call, and you guys have your deployment of players ready to go. And yeah, a lot of guys got to play. And look, you're going to be making big decisions, um, like. So we saw Davion Dozier. We saw a lot of the other freshmen. Is he going to stay in the rotation all year? Or can you play him in the Kent State game um, and maybe BYU and then just see if you want to play him in one other game and then, you know, in the bowl and try to redshirt them? So um, I think it's a a very welcome um, event that they were able to – so, you know, clear the bench because they just didn't get that opportunity much. He mentioned the Auburn game, which was pretty neat, and uh, like maybe one other game in his tenure that they were able to do that. Tom, last thing before we let you go, one of the guys that didn't really play last game was Bryce Stevens, and again, had a touchdown against Mississippi State, had that punt return against Missouri State. Is it just a case of him falling behind in the depth chart to this point? I suppose so. When Sam Pittman made the comment last week that Davion Dozier and Dasmond James were like in their top six or seven, he mentioned, I'm like, well, who is who are they ahead of? And clearly Bryce Stevens is one of those. So um, the kids got talent. I mean, that catch he made against Mississippi State, it was a jumping catch with a defender right there. That was a great catch. Obviously his punt return against Missouri State was a, a kind of a game turner, and it was valuable. So um, – Hope to see him continue to push on. This is where the coaches really examine you and say, look, you know, here you are. You're behind so-and-so and so-and-so. What are you going to do? What's your body language? And uh, really like to see him come along. Um, and maybe, and Satania looks like he's going to be great on kick returns and possibly punt returns, but I'd like to see Bryce Stevens keep pushing and maybe try to get the punt return deal back. Tom, we'll leave it there, man. Appreciate your time. We'll see you on Saturday, okay? Sounds good. See you. All right, Tom Murphy and all of our guests join us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Chuck, he was talking about Bryce Stevens. You know, one thing coaches come back to and said a few times in press meetings and on his coaches show with you is, hey, it's you got to look in the mirror more or less. You got to change your attitude, change your situation as a player. If you don't like your place on the depth chart, start with yourself. Yeah, that's true, but I, I don't I don't know that that applies to Bryce Stevens. I, I I don't I don't necessarily think that's 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 uh, that's the case right here. Um, I'm not going to call a guy out because he didn't play a whole lot. He's doing fine. Um, it's just that Arkansas has got a situation right now where Satania is a really good punt returner, and they've signed a whole bunch of receivers. And um, Bryce is a good player. Bryce will be fine. You know, one thing Tom was talking about there that I think is interesting is that, you know, we talk about playing time, getting to play a lot of people and the importance of that, what it might do later in the season. See, I think when you get to play everybody, it helps practice the very next time you go out there. I think it helps practice the next week. Everybody's engaged. You know, guys have played in the game. There's immediate video to go back and grade. They've been graded. They've been spoken to directly about how they played, what they did do and didn't do and must do well moving forward. So I think when you get to play everybody in a game like that, there's an immediate dividend. Maybe not necessarily in the game, but when you go back to work the next week. So, you know, we'll see if that plays a role, but um, I do like the fact that they were able to play everybody on uh, play everybody on Saturday. Prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. 
Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So we were talking about it a little bit with Tom. Coach Pittman touched on Rocket Sanders yesterday. And when asked about, hey, when did this all happen? Here's what he said. I don't think it played any impact on him. I do believe that, yes, that it happened during the game. Was a little bit of swelling on Sunday. Obviously didn't say anything about it until Sunday when the swelling came up. It could have impacted him, but with him not saying anything until Sunday, I I would assume that it didn't. So that's what Coach said again on kind of the the short diagnosis of the injury when it actually happened. Now when asked about, hey, how do you feel with Rocket not being able to go on Saturday, he said this. I love our depth you know i think r-dub's really good and you know all of them you know aj and damo you know i keep going back to you know two years ago we had the same guys on the team and damo was the starter later in the season we kept trying to get him more and more carry sometimes we did sometimes we didn't but when we did he was very successful so i feel really good you never want to lose a player for a game or two or whatever it may be but that room is loaded with really good players and we like isaiah as well guys we said it all off season you don't want rocket to get injured but if something was to happen like it's happening now that is a position group that you're confident in is guys right behind him that's why you need a bunch of them and it's good that they do and sometimes you know you look at a team and they got four or five guys at a position and you think well how are you keeping everybody happy well i mean football's a game where it is cliche-ish but you know you may be out there on the next play and you know all these guys have been next play guys you know they've they've been a guy that you can put in that spot and count on so i think they'll be okay there i, I don't think it's going to be a factor at all this week and i mean we, we've seen throughout the SEC that – I remember that one year with Auburn, and it's a little different situation, but they had what? Uh, Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, and never the, they, had a, they had a try-headed uh, running back. All of them went to the NFL, And they all went too. to the NFL, and they were yeah. all good players. And, and you you, you got to have, you know, great players and four or five of them sometimes to because you're battering Rams by nature. That's what you – you're going to get beat up. It's just what the job calls for. Well, and, you know, Rocket's a guy that uh, – I don't know, kind of like what Coach Pittman was saying. I'm, you know, we don't know exactly when this happened. I've not heard him say. Um, you know, obviously, I'm sure there was the hope, even if it was sore, that it was still going to be all right. Uh, but when the swelling started Sunday, obviously it wasn't. So, 
you know, that uh, that happens a lot of times in football. You don't know the extent until the next day. Uh, and we'll see again. We'll probably get an update from Coach uh, later on next week when it comes to the status. Yeah, of I'll bet he gets asked. Yeah, just once or twice. Uh, so that's, the again, the, the big news with Arkansas football. Other news I saw yesterday, former Arkansas quarterback Kevin Scanlon is going to be inducted to the Southwest Conference Hall of Fame coming up in October. At one point, he had the all-time completion percentage record in a single season that was broken by Felipe Franks, and I think KJ broke it as well, but guys, he was the 1979 Conference Player of the Year, and he is, again, I think he works in, uh, I think it, I was he works right. for Steve. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's, he's been with him for a number of years. Kevin is um, one of our great ambassadors, one of the finest people I've met. And um, it's a worthy – hey, he was a good quarterback now. You know, he was at NC State, and Holtz had him and brought him here. And, um, hey, he led us to some great wins. But he's been exactly what you hope a great Razorback will be uh, throughout his life. And he's, he's being honored by – I know, for example, the, the Burlesworth Foundation. He's going to be the Legends Dinner honoree in late October in Little Rock. And um, whatever – Hall of Fame or whatever group he's honored by, he's earned it. I promise you. Yeah, because I think he's he's in the Arkansas Hall of Honor. I think he's in the Ar- yeah, he's in the Arkansas. He's Sports in the Arkansas Hall- Sports Hall. Right. Of Fame. So I mean, he's this is not the first time he's he's garnered something of this. Nature. Well, my thought would be what took him so long. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, right. if you want to get right down to it. And you got uh, Arkansas is doing the the one on Friday for the Sports Hall of Honor. Mm-hmm. Felix Jones is getting inducted amongst some some other Houston Arkansas. Nuts going in, mm-hmm. right? Much some other. Uh, yeah, there are the, yeah, there's a lot of good ones going in Friday night. Yep. All right, last thing here in your hog update. The Arkansas soccer team back in action tonight at 6 o'clock. They're staying out kind of near the East Coast as they take on Clemson. They lost to North Carolina recently. This is a top-10 matchup tonight between the Tigers and the Razorback. We'll see if... Colby Hale and company can get it done later on tonight at 6. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 sparky Guys, we got some uh, some good college football games this weekend. I know we were talking about the Steve Spurrier soundbite earlier where he seems to be more interested in the Colorado and Nebraska game than maybe the Alabama and Texas game. But if you look at kind of the setup, so starting at 11, you've got Notre Dame and NC State and then Colorado and Nebraska. Then you move to 2.30 where you've got Ole Miss at Tulane in New Orleans and also Texas A&M at Miami. Of course, Arkansas plays at 3. And then it all kind of rounds out the day when number 3 Alabama hosts Texas. Yeah, you know, the, the the games we've talked about are Alabama and Texas and the Colorado game, but, you know, A&M goes to Miami, and uh, that's a big game for them. They're ranked this week, and they're going to go down there and, and, and play in a, uh, a different environment than what they normally play in. And Ole Miss has got a tough game. You know, they're going to go over to Tulane, and um, Willie Fritz is a good coach yeah. now. I mean, Willie Fritz can flat-out coach, and um, that'll be a tall order for Ole Miss. Yeah, and it's going to be a fun Saturday. Uh, Like I said, starting out with a couple marquee games, big brand names at night. Arkansas is kind of sandwiched in the middle. So, I mean, you really get, I mean, you can pick you one out in each of those windows and probably not miss. And you you mentioned Ole Miss and Tulane. I don't think a lot of people probably thought about how difficult that may be. And that'll be a good game to watch. Very underrated game on Saturday. Might be the, the better game of the day. I know Ole Miss hung. 70 something on Mercer or whatever it was but they uh they're not exactly in for an easy easy game on Saturday you said something earlier in the show though you know and, and I think it's right Colorado is such a a fun appeal because it's new you know we, yeah. we, we know about Alabama we know about Texas you know Dion being on the scene and Colorado being on the scene that's that's new to us yeah, and and that's that's the compelling story, and and um, you know people are paying attention to that across the country. Let me make one quick point before you go on here. Colorado had nothing to lose when they hired Dion. These other programs, they had something to lose. Colorado had won one game. They were as bad a program as there was in college football. They had nothing to lose, so they rolled the dice. They let him do whatever he wanted. Dion's taken over. And they've gladly let him do it. You can't always do that at another place. And I understand why a lot of guys passed on him. Um, Even though you look back now and say, man, it sure would be nice to have him. 
At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. I obviously know you're going to get amped up more against, you know, whoever the name may be, school, somebody in the SEC than possibly you would against Western Carolina. I mean, I understand that. But at the same time, if you don't get ready to play, you don't prepare, you're going to get beat. And we're going to be one of those teams that everybody in the country is talking about. And I just kept asking them, do we need to be surprised? Do we need to be taught a lesson? Or are we just going to go practice hard? I wasn't particularly happy with the way that the complete practice went yesterday, and I talked to him about that after practice. Evidently, whatever new physical drill that they've been doing, trying to get off of fast start work this past week, let's hope it's the same way this week. But to me, this is your first game in Fayetteville. I know you're playing a, a bad football team, but that's almost like a substitute where you're playing a Little Rock last week, even though you're playing a team that you're expected to blow out on Saturday. This is your first game in your home stadium in front of your fans, which I think might have more of an impact than just, again, what you're favored by heading this game. I don't think the players will look at it that way. Well, I think they're excited to play in Fayetteville. There's no doubt about that. And now look, I mean, everybody understands and players read and they know what's going on and they know when they're better than somebody else. And um, I'm sure there's the feeling that they are. and There should be that feeling. But, you know, we saw a team go out and do exactly what they needed to do Saturday. And challenge is going to be similar this week in terms of going out and just executing and doing what you need to do. And, um, you know, if they do that, they'll be fine. Yeah, and, you know, as far as, you know, the excitement of the venue, I mean, I, I think for a lot of people, it's the home opener. Coach said it's good to be playing in our stadium, all of these things. So they practice in that stadium. That's the one they drive by. I was up there by the stadium yesterday, drove over, had to go to the, the Broil Center for to pick up something. And, you know, there's a there's a buzz around it. Chuck, I'm sure you've noticed being over there, there's there's tents going up. I mean, it, it feels like an event's coming. Uh, well, it is coming. It, you know, I mean, it, Razorbacks are going to so, play. It I is mean, coming. That that's exactly the feel on campus. So, I mean, they're excited to, to get to that point, I'm sure, because I'm going to tell you, you could just kind of feel a little bit of juice in the air yesterday just being in the parking lot. Uh, there's, it, it's really difficult to beat energy on game days in, in Fayetteville in the fall. You you mentioned the buzz. And, again, that's you have to tie that in with a team that you're hopeful for is going to have a good season. You already got that. And so, again, you have your first game of the fall. They're always It always feels, oh, I love just walking around and – just goofing off Friday before, and especially when they light up red. And for those who don't know, Chuck, we haven't we haven't talked to you with you about this. I don't know if you you've talked to with the other guys this week, but it's pretty cool that they're doing the the Alex Collins and Ryan Mallett theme on the sidelines this fall at games as well. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing that. I think they're going to have Chris Smith's family um, in town a little bit later mm-hmm. in the season. So yeah, I think it's good they're doing that. I think it's great. Yeah, the Auburn game, but uh, yeah, again, that's. It's one of the fun parts about football season. It's a bummer that you only have, again, a couple of games. You have a couple less games in Fayetteville this fall because of how the schedule shook out. But, again, it's this week and next week, and then you're gone for a month. So you better take it. If you if you got a chance to go one of these next two weeks, you better take advantage of that. I don't know what it's going to be like this Saturday, but I think the BYU game is going to be full. I think it'll be full. I can tell you just in the people that I've – spoken with you know the the ticket requests <laughs> uh, man i'm swamped for byu i'm not gonna lie to you but um 
I think that'll be the game where it's where it's full and you'll have a a night game and a day of tailgating, and I think that'll be a really good atmosphere. Yeah, I think game time, kickoff time, has a lot to do with it. And particularly if you're traveling no from outside of you know the I-49 corridor, you're probably coming up. You're probably staying Friday night. You're definitely staying Saturday night. I mean, I, I just think it makes uh, you know for for a, a, a good setup to get up there. And you know, when you pick a game out, it's probably going to be a little cooler in mid September than early September. So. A 6.30 start, you've known it for a while, I think will lend to a big crowd like you're talking about, Chuck. Well, it's a bigger game. I mean, it's a bigger game, and it's a bigger opponent. And I think, you know, you're a week away from conference play then, too. And so everybody understands that, you know, it's about to get real. You know, the 3 o'clock games are fine, too. There's pros and cons to both. Um, there are going to be a lot of people that get up early. There are going to be people that listen to us right now in uh, Ashdown, at Texarkana, and El Dorado. They're going to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And they're going to drive to Fayetteville, and they're going to go to the game. They're going to drive home. They're going to get home about 1 o'clock in the morning. And um, there will be a lot of people that do that for day games. So there are pros and cons. Night game, you got to spend the night unless you want to get home at the crack of dawn in some places. So um, I don't think it'll be as big this week, although I do think it's going to be a very sizable crowd. But it'll be packed for BYU. So back to the game we have at hand this Saturday. Coach touched on a little bit, I think, with you last night about getting to play a lot of people. It's kind of something we were talking with Tom about. To be honest with you, I think three times since I've been here, for my fourth year, I know you're as shocked as I am, but, you know, that's the third time, really, that we've gotten to be able to play a lot of people. Did I hear right that he said they played 78 guys? In that yep. game? That's what he said. Oh, I mean, that's, again, for to not get a chance to do that. Hopefully you'll have the same advantage and be able to do that for later on in the season if you deal with injuries like most college football teams do. You didn't have that advantage last year. Evidently, that's an advantage for coaches. Well, you know, the thing you got to remember, though, when you get into a lot of those, uh, what I'd call the late twos and the threes, um, those guys are only going to play meaningful moments unless you've got probably two guys hurt at that position. So, again, I'll go back to what I said in the last hour. Um, I think the dividend from playing a lot of those guys comes in the engagement, the fact that they were they were they were utilized they played and they know when they go to practice now this week that if the situation presents itself they're going to get to play some more and so i think you're engaged as a result of this and i think you're better now because the you know again you know let's 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 be honest if some of these threes are out there playing in a conference ball game it's because a couple of guys got hurt we're all going to be panicked about that so but it certainly was good. The thing I noticed that he said last night was, you know, in his mind, they keep score. I mean, the threes beat their whatever they had out there, seven to three. And so, yeah, you have the game within the game yeah, when yeah. a lot of those guys come in. But I don't think that we ought to look at the threes playing and say, hey, that's that's going to give them, you know, a, a, a real advantage if somebody goes down against Alabama. No, I think what it does is it gives you an immediate morale boost for practices no in the film room. Everybody's more locked in and engaged because they got a taste of what they want, and that was game time. So uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it makes I your said, practices yeah. better. It makes your game, your film study better. Everybody's morale's better, and their attitude's better as a result. So this, again, that's the we're looking at the second and third team. I wonder, and I would guess that the running backs have known this week that Rocket was not going to play on Saturday before Coach kind of touched on it yesterday. Not that they aren't competitive when he's out there and practicing, but how much more competitive do you think it's been this week knowing that these guys can get more touches on Saturday with A.J., Rashad, Dominique, and, and Isaiah? Well, I'm sure they're excited, um, but you can't say, you know, I hope I get more touches. Um, I think the attitude has got to be, and I think the attitude will be that, you know, I got an opportunity to help my team win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to have more opportunities to, to, to make plays and help my team win. And so um, these guys are going to get, you know, just by the sheer numbers, you know, they're going to get more opportunities on Saturday with Rocket out. 
and again, hopefully it'll be a collection of all of them stepping up at, at this point. We'll see if the if the passing game is clicking like it was this past week or if there's more running either way. As long as they hang 50-something, I think Arkansas fans will be happy. I say that. There'll probably still be some fans that complain on hog reaction. Just a reminder, we are going to be at the stadium shop on Arkansas game day starting at 10 a.m. Derek Ruskin, Zach Arns will be out there live. It's also presented by KC Insurance Partners. And then hog reaction with myself and Zach Arns will be after the game with Signature Bank and Teague Law Firm. So excited about the setup we have on Saturday. We're also going to be live prior to the BYU game. We were talking about at Mossback Fish Habitat in Springdale next week. Yeah, it'd be fun to learn more about that. And I know we got a lot of people love the outdoors, maybe have a dock or some area. They like to get some some fish habitat going. So we'll learn more together about that next week. It should be fun. Tommy, you mentioned appointment television for you on Saturday outside of the Arkansas game is Alabama and Texas. I think for a lot of people, our audience is going to pay attention. You guys aren't as big as an NFL fan as me, but is there a game this weekend on Sunday that you have to watch, Tommy? Cowboys, Giants. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get home in time for my kids' game that I'm at Sun Plays tonight. I'll watch some of that Chiefs games, but yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure the Cowboys watch that one. I want to clarify now. I, I I do not. It's not a case of I don't like the NFL. I mean, I pay attention to the NFL. It's just you know, Sunday's the day after a work day, yeah. so I sit and watch. Um, I like the NFL. I'll uh, I'll be paying attention to the Cowboys. Is there any other game besides the Cowboys that you guys like? The Monday Night Football matchup between Rodgers and Josh Allen. You mentioned the game tonight. I'll watch that till I fall asleep. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, Fridays are, are busy around here. I go, I go to a high school game on Friday night. Saturdays is a full work day most weeks. Sunday's the kind of, and then Sunday's a lot of times about getting ready for Monday. So, I mean, I can't sit like you can in the chair. Well, for here's hours, the thing. You know? Here's the thing. We've kind of redefined what an NFL fan is. Unless you play fantasy league and make a bunch of bets on your app. Oh, well, you're not really into the NFL. I know this sounds really boring, and I know it's far-fetched for a lot of new generation guys, but some of us just like to sit down and watch a good game. You know, and if it's a good game, we'll keep watching, and if it's a bad game, we'll move on. That doesn't mean we're not into the NFL. It just means we don't play fantasy football. Yeah, I I guess it's just different for me because I will be my dad's lazy boy from 12 o'clock to about, I would say, to the end of the first half of the Giants-Cowboys game. I probably won't make it all the way through depending on how Dak Dak Prescott and and Daniel Jones are doing. But with fantasy, I think we've mentioned this before, fantasy has killed NFL fandom for teams. Not the overall watching, but it's... If I'm as a Packers fan, if I'm going up against it, if the Packers are going against the Bears this this weekend, for example, if I have a Chicago Bear on my team, I'm still rooting for that player, even though he's going against my NFL team. So fantasy, while it's grown the game over, grown the, the sport overall, it's really hurt individual fandoms of teams. Well, I think fantasy football and betting are what props up the NFL. If you want to get right down to Mm -hmm. it. I mean, look, I love football as much as anyone. But really... I mean, you want to watch a 13-10 to 10 game in the NFL? I mean, really, is, 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 is that entertaining? The only reason it's entertaining is because you got money on it or you got a player in that game on your fantasy team. So, you know, how people watch has changed. I agree with you, though. I, I, I think fantasy football has been a double-edged sword. It saved the game. It's, it, it's given it mass appeal that it never had before, but you're not as... You know, there's not as much allegiance to yeah. a group. You're a fan of a player rather than a team. Yeah, any it's, longer. It's and, it, unless you live in that city. I think that's the the difference. We'll get into again for the the Kansas City fans and the and the New York Giants fans. The Jets feel finally feel like they have a team this year with an actual starting quarterback. I know for the those different fan bases. I mean, I know, I know a Cowboy fan that's going up to New York this weekend to watch opening night. He can't wait. I don't know if they're gonna pull through for him or anything, but uh, a lot of people and I. Think I think that, if I remember correctly, the Cowboys play someone that next day after the A&M game, if I remember that schedule right. They're at home against the Patriots. That's right. Yep. That next afternoon. So I know. I, Not I'm, that I'm going or anything, but they're, uh, <laughs> they're at home. It's 325 kick, by the way. He's sitting in Jerry's suite. Yeah. Don't let him yeah. pull you. 
Must be nice. Must be nice. Hey, hey, look, we'll watch that game. We're going to see Chuck high-fiving with Jerry and Steven after right. all the scores. Shoot, that's I'll, be down there. I'll be down there talking to Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Get that bum <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> Get him out of well, there. Well, why do you need to go down there? Jerry's got the phone right there. You can just pick the phone up and just dial right in. I, I do. Want people all to see play. I, I want people to see me. I, w- I will say that is one of the best part about Cowboys games is you see Jerry with Stephen Jones in the box. You see Shy. You see John Stephen who played at Arkansas. Shy's a year younger than me that went to school in Fayetteville and there's the rest of their family. They're high after, like they're either devastated after like a terrible play or they're high-fiving and jumping after a big time win. That's one of the entertaining values of watching think, Cowboy games. You think Jerry likes that? You think he likes being on TV? <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I, I ask facetiously. Just a, just well, a little bit. Well, when you pay $140 million for a franchise and it's worth a couple of billion now. Or be, more. Being on TV served him well. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's right. I, I just think his schedule, man, like when he flies in, I don't know if he flies in on Friday night to Fayetteville or flies in right before the game on Saturday, but then to get back on a plane and either travel to wherever the Cowboys are playing or go back oh. right outside AT&C Stadium, it's just it's crazy. Great. I don't know if he comes to every game now like they did when John Steven was, Oh, is it? Uh, okay. When John Steven was playing, they were they were at every game. You'd see that Cowboy playing on the tarmac no matter where the Razorbacks <laughs> were playing. And they'd get there a couple hours before the game. They'd have a police escort to the stadium, and they'd get out of there after the game. I mean, I can give you some firsthand experience on yeah. that. It was uh, some. It's a good story. Yeah, you uh, you told that story. Let's say that again, because what Jerry saved you guys one time. We landed at Baton Rouge for the LSU game a couple of years ago, and there'd been a basketball game in the afternoon. Me and Z were flying uh, on the school plane with Hunter and his family to the game, and we got there a little bit late. There had been a wreck on I-10, and they told us you're not going to make it. You know, there's no way you can make it. And so, I mean, we're on the phone. I mean, they, we were planning on not being there until halftime. We were trying to make arrangements to, uh, I, I don't remember if it was first uh-huh. half. And all of a sudden, Jerry Jones's plane land. Yeah, I land at and the only people on it, by the way, were Jerry and Gene. It was awesome. Huge jet, two passengers. They get out. He's got his own personal escort. It's about 10 cops. Z's driving the Tahoe. We sneak in behind him. We got to the game. I walked in with 10 minutes on the clock before kickoff. <laughs> and uh, we opened up the mics and took off, baby. And yeah. um, that was something I'll never forget. Yeah. And uh, when you got your own personal police escort, that's when you're the man. And it saved the day for you, didn't it? This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.